and welcome to another episode on spiritual advice from a barbarian lunatic. Yeah, episode number so and so. Yeah, we're still in July. Let's check the date. 19th of July. Cheers to those who suffer. Yeah. That certainly is the way it is, right? When you know how to suffer, You may live. <clears throat> and today there's something agitating me. I feel like there's something I ought to do. Or more like, there's a possibility that I, have, that I haven't considered for a while, which is actually going to the movies and watching a movie. And the funny thing is that I've worked at that place, and I like the people there, but it always is a little bit uncertain, and I never really know if people like me if they never contact me on their own, if you know what I mean. And as I was looking through the list of movies, the only one that really interested me where I said, I actually think I want to watch that is Ariel. Despite the fact that she's black, which some people complain about, oh, why does she have to be black? Because times are changing, my friend. And I think Disney, or I believe Disney, you know, they're not that bad. I mean, just look at it. I mean, they make good things. I mean, what's manipulation? I'm sorry, but we're being manipulated from all sides all the time. And so what's the point of, like, taking a piss on... other people's creation, which I'm doing, of course, myself. Oh, I forgot that they're also playing Oppenheimer. But that movie would be incredibly boring, right? It's like just people sitting around, looking at bombs, talking about bombs. But actually, the movie I wanted to watch... And the reason I wanted to watch it is for the quote of Oppenheimer. About the Bhagavad Gita. Oh, 
damn it. And I'm sure he didn't take that in. But it would actually be an interesting thing to figure out, right? I can try to cling to my childhood. Um, see, now I become death, the destroyer of worlds. Oh, shice. Now that excites me. Rather more than anything else. But it's not running today, it's only running from Thursday. So maybe I'll just stick with Ariel. You know, it's a fairly good bet. You know, I'm gonna sing probably... Right, it's like... And sure, there's other things like France with cats. I like the Spider-Man movie. You know, I thought I wanted to ask a friend. But I think he has no time. And I cannot watch Ariel afterwards in cinema anymore. And I think I would like to. Let's check. You know, at this time, and that's the weird thing about being me, it's already an act of faith to book a ticket to the cinema. But to be honest, I have no money for this. Like, I mean, let's be honest, which is hard. I can live my life like I've got nothing to worry about, but the truth is, I have things to worry about. Which is myself, right? <clears throat> and I think I have to watch a movie. <laughs> I mean, come on, what's the big deal? I mean, that's actually... This is actually... 
Okay, I'm gonna be alone in the cinema. Ariel. Okay, now I have to choose. I like popcorn. I literally have no idea. Do you understand this? I think I'm going to sit there and hate it. It says, give it a chance, give it a chance. Because yesterday I thought I would hate going to my family and then I actually liked it. And that's going to cost me 750 plus. Seven euros for popcorn. Or I could take nacho chips. But I like popcorn. And that's the thing, right? Something that most people don't understand about how I live my life. You know, I'm constantly on the verge of giving in to not doing what I want because I have limited, let's say, I feel like I'm limited in the amount of money that I have. Or I'm making myself dependent on other people. But I was always a romantic kid. I always liked things that give me goosebumps. I think people generally think I'm a loser. 
Now the question is, do I want to spend money? On people that think I'm a loser. <clears throat> and now a message is trying to come through like, you have no money for people like this. Because at this point, it's not just me sitting around getting bored and then wanting to do, go to the cinema. It's like, what are you going to invest yourself into? And there was a reason I quit. Well, the reason I quit was because I didn't want to hand out food to people that I feel like is poisonous. But I've eaten like insane amounts of of cinema food and I never vomited. I may have felt sick or something. I may have eaten things and I thought, you know, I should have never done that. But of course I could also just stay at home, make my art and clean my apartment. Because maybe going to the cinema is just an attempt to run away again. <laughs> I have to say again because I'm very good at that. You see how complicated this is? I mean, probably not to you. But it is to me. <clears throat> it certainly is to me. I love the cinema. Why Ariel? Maybe there's something about my childhood in there. It is possible that there's something about my childhood in there. It is indeed possible that there is something about my childhood in there. So I'm saying, oh shit, I'm booking this. Oh, I thought I was booking this for today. Oh, I am, today's Wednesday, crazy man. Yeah, and then I've got a middle-sized popcorn and 0.5 liter. You know, just to give you a feeling of how my life is. I'm shitting my pants to go to the cinema, I'm telling you. But there's probably a reason. And it's hard to say what the reason is. But it's a challenge for me as well. <clears throat> I can tell you that much. Okay, now just give me a second. I have to fill in my bank credentials.
Sorry, I just have to do this. You see, to you it may be like, oh yeah, you know, you're just having a blast. But to me, it's something entirely different. And now I'm sitting here, I feel like I want to draw an image. But first I want to roll a joint. And the thing is, that's the only way I can do what I'm doing. I'm also on the verge of running out of cannabis and I actually, I like it. Because I won't know when I will get the next batch. I have experimented with this stuff that you call... HHC. And I'm not quite certain because people are saying it's really bad, right? Um, they say it's like, you know, it's chemical. But you know what I say, and I think I'm quite smart. And I say, you know, to me, this is better than what I get from the streets because I don't know what they cook together. If you know what I mean, I mean, I think I know what I mean. Right, it's like, oh yeah, this may come from a lab. But if we're talking about HHC, that's I think hydro, tetra, whatever. Cannabinoid. It's a form of, you know, the cannabioid. <laughs> cannabioid group of chemicals, you may say, that can work in the body. Because I have this system in my system, it's the same as DMT, which is D-methyltryptamine or something, right? Which is what people, you know, what you refer to as changa in the form when you're smoking it. Or that you take into yourself with ayahuasca, only if you want to take up DMT through the stomach, you also need another plant, which is the something inhibitor, right? The mono something oxidase inhibitor. Mono M, they always say, what do they say? M A. No, I know the principle. You know, you have enzymes in your body that break apart certain chemicals or substances so that you can digest them. Which is to say, if you ingest DMT, it's being broken down, broken down in your stomach and digested, and then you know, it's not in the form of DMT anymore, then it's in the form of something else. But you want it in the form of DMT. Which means if you drink ayahuasca, or you would just eat raw DMT, you would get high. 
But the problem is that what you want is the DMT to basically flood your system without being digested or broken apart. Because it's a mediator between you and nature, between you and whatever. Right? It's like, it's a translator. And it can translate what you're trying to figure out into a vision, into an insight, into a, you know, this is how you're feeling, or this is how you could feel, or can't you see how much love there is, which is why basically you don't need necessarily DMT or ayahuasca ceremonies. It can help. But it's not a prerequisite to have spiritual insights, right? Because an ayahuasca ceremony can also be like, basically like rape. If you go to people who only do it for money and then you pay like 2,000 euros and they just give you some shit that has no spirit in it. And then, right, most people, let's say, you know, I have a friend and he's like a bit like childlike, but also a mature guy. And he goes to, you know, we meet in the park often. And... A lot of people are quite restricted. This is not limited to my friend. It's just basically everybody. So if a man at the age of 34 wants to go alone to the cinema and watch Ariel, for instance, he will feel like a nerd. So I would have watched Oppenheimer because I would have wanted to feel like a man, right? But now I decided to watch Ariel instead. And when I was 20 or something, and I had my first girlfriend, I think I was, maybe I was 19, it's hard to say now, I think I was 20. And I had my first girlfriend. And I'm quite picky. And she was the first one that led me close to her, right? Or that I felt safe to approach but it also felt like she was showing an interest. She was clearly showing an interest in me. Only didn't last. And now I realize most women never show any interest at all in me. Or they show an interest and when I try to approach them, they just say, you know, leave me alone now. It's like, I don't fucking get it. And then I realized, you know, on a spiritual level, to them, I'm like, bam, Alter. I mean, they sit around and they talk about movies. You know, they just talk about movies on the surface of things. Well, I'm the one that's diving into it, right? It's like, yeah, you know, there was that, you know, I watched Ariel and something came up, you know, there was like some deeper wisdom hidden in there. For me, specifically to retrieve which you may not even, you know, you may glimpse it, but you don't go into it. You stick with, oh yeah, that's Ariel and now she's black. But my inner wisdom comes out and tells me a story 
that may as well be made up. Because if I tell this to other people, they will have a problem to understand this. Which is why when I write my books and I go into detail about the states that I reach and the way I feel about life and stuff, it's very safe to do so because basically nobody can understand what I'm talking about unless he's experienced it himself. And that's why I highly judge people like that guy who writes a book about, you know, rich, rich dad, poor dad or something. Because he takes something and materializes it. You know, he just looks at it from the material, you know, you got an asset, you know, and he, he does say, sure, you know, yeah, I loved my father and they were both great men and one had a PhD. But the message I got from the book was, you know, poor dad was an idiot. Because you call him rich dad and poor dad. That's already a judgment. Because while the one may have been monetary rich, the other one probably was rich in heart. Because he didn't care. You know, he was just doing his job. He was earning his money. And he had enough. Well, the other one was a greedy fuck that never got enough and just like, you know, I want more and more money. But what did you do with the money? And that's the question that you have to ask yourself. Which is if you want to be an investor, you want to invest into project, you cannot just look at the project from the surface. You have to, like, I'm going to say it, fucking dive into it. You have to dive into the thing and look at Am I willing to invest into that? And then come all kinds of questions. You've been given money by life. You may call that God. So your purpose seems to be to have money. Now what are you doing with it? Are you waiting for your retirement? Are you giving it all just to your family? Or are you looking for projects or people that you can invest in that do the job that you may be unable to do? Such as... You know, I'm always coming back to it, you know. Although I may feel a bit like a phony. But I think I just want the possibility of giving me money to be in the room. Because if I never ask for it, people won't know that I need it. You know, they'll just assume, you know, maybe he's got it already. But I do just spend, you know, 15 euro 50 of my 80 euros that I have left on my account on a movie ticket for whatever reason. You know, just because I'm also a human being, I have feelings, I have emotions, and I rarely allow myself freedoms that other people just have on a daily basis, such as, you know, watching movies. To me, watching movies has become a rarity, which is why when I watch a movie, you know, I want to watch a movie. And so I already know in December, I'm not quite sure how the movie is called in English. In German, you know, it's, if you translate it, it's in the name of the rose. Im Namen der Rose, it's with 
And I'm gonna watch that in December, you know, I already, already know it now. Now already, I'm, you know, I'm manifesting, picturing it, I wanna watch that movie and I'm gonna watch it, be sure of that. And for that I could ask a friend to come and join me. And maybe I'll invite him, right? Like, you know, a Christmas present or something. How nice is that? But the thing is, I don't know if I'll be here, but I assume I will be because the way it looks like, you know, that's my personal, like, slave yard. <laughs> you know, I enslaved myself to stay here because I have received help from so many people here probably without them knowing that I feel like I owe it to them and to myself to stay here and pay back. But I don't have to be always here, I assume. I think it's just now that I have to stay here. And so yeah, why do I go to the cinema? Because I love the people there. I could go to another cinema which may be emotionally less hazardous, if you will. And now I just looked at, you know, do you remember in Dragon Ball Z, in the Majin Buu saga, where Vegeta accepts the powers of Babidi, who was that evil magician and he has that M on his face and I just rolled the joint and the tip I made of the top side of the paper package and the W was upside down and it looked like an M and it reminded me of, you know, that's how it works. So, you know, sometimes I have to retrieve a memory I have to retrieve a feeling, I have to open up to certain possibilities or I just have to maybe say hi to someone. You know, sometimes I do really weird things without really knowing what I'm doing. All I know is that I have to do it and sometimes it just becomes apparent only later why I was doing it. And. But I felt like, and it was a very strong feeling, it has been building up already. I started looking at movies a couple of days ago. And then I felt like, nah, I don't really want to do it. And then today it was like, you just have to do it now. For whatever reason, you know, I don't know what the reason is. You know, what I hope is always, you know, I'm gonna have sex. But that sounds a bit like unrealistic because I'm still devoted to that woman. But she never reaches out to me, so... And life is keeping me away from her. Which basically says... Alright, maybe I can do whatever I want. Maybe I don't have to be... So certain about who my wife is. Maybe all I have to be is, you know, certain that I'm going to push through. Because what I'm doing 
on the surface has nothing to do with the Love Our Children Foundation, if you know what I mean. I mean, I'm the barbarian lunatic in that sense, you know. I'm that crazy guy who makes content on the internet. And I label myself as an artist because... Being an artist in this society gives me the freedom that I need to say what I want to say. You see, I'm not stupid. You know, I realize if I would go and work for somebody as a, you know, environmental protectionist, you know, I would just have to do what they tell me to do. But if I say I'm an artist, I can do what I want to a certain degree, right? I can be critical because when somebody says like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, well, you know how artists are like, right? Well, that's the idea that I have in my mind. But you also have to keep working with that because there are no rules for artists. You know, if you hear me, there are no rules. Right? And they're like people who are so agitated by what I represent. Or the way I am, right? They like... Sometimes I get the feeling there are people who really hate my being, my presence. Just me. It's a fucking weird thing. Because I may have never done anything to you. And you still hold a lot of contempt towards me. Which is strange. And now I would like you to pay attention. Because I'm just about to light that joint. That doobie. Or the German word is also... Or one of the German words is dübe, Which I like. I actually wanted to make a painting. But first I want you to pay attention. To whether or not the way I speak changes. And the way I draw conclusions, because now if you've been hearing me on coffee, and now I'm going to add something to that. Let's just see where it gets us. So there are people who basically force me away from them just by being so vicious. And I've done the same thing, literally. And I know why I've done it. I've done it because I wanted them to work extra hard to get back to me. I wanted them to show me that they want it. 
So today I go to the cinema because I watched a movie. I want to watch a movie. But I'm aware of the fact that there's somebody, a woman, that I also engaged. But I have to true to my feeling, so I'd rather go to the places where I know people. Because I'm not going to create an awful lot of ripples at a place where nobody knows me. I will. But I like to stick with the people that I already know. Who already think of me sometimes, because I know they do, just occasionally. And I like to talk to them. And you see how I'm opening up now to the possibility of going there. So I feel it myself how cannabis is changing my perception and making what I say much clearer, which pisses me off because that means, how am I independent then? Because I'm not independent. I'm basically trapped. And that's what I mean with I'm enslaving myself because I could have run off to the forest, you know, dug myself a hole and just died in it. But I realized, what a stupid way to die. No, I'd rather die knowing that I father children and that somebody will ring my bell. Let's see what this is about. Just hang in there for a second, I know you can wait. for a neighbor still in good time 44 minutes now let's bring it to the topic cheers to those who suffer so going there is part of my suffering being in this city is part of my suffering 
You know, longing for a woman is part of my suffering. Meeting people that reject me or have rejected me is part of my suffering. And it helps me to open my heart. And I've been rejected many times. And I believe most people know how it feels to be rejected. And you know, I've learned to suffer in a new way. And that's then in a way that allows me to be in bliss. And that's why sometimes I have no doubt that people will like my content because it's emotional, it's truth, it's spiritual, it has depth. And I look at various things and then I talk about them, elaborate them. I take a great amount of time to look for insights and to understand why I suffer, why we suffer and what you can do to alleviate suffering away from that judgment that it's bad. But just accept it as something that helps you. And now I want to say that's bad. Because you also should refrain from overly creating suffering in your life. Which means I know already that if I go to the cinema to hit on a woman, I will create suffering for somebody else. And sometimes maybe they need that. Because if I'm in love with a woman and that woman is in love with me and we are apart from each other at the moment, you could call that a long-distance relationship. I sometimes can create distance by... Forming certain intentions, which is sleeping with other women, for instance. And the woman that I'm in love with will feel that intent. Because she's in love with me and she's afraid to lose me. But maybe at the moment she does nothing to create closure. And so, despite the fact that I've been trying to reach out to her... On numerous occasions, she just ignores me. So sometimes I go to the cinema because I feel like I think I have to scare her a little. Which is why I go there and just the presence of another woman that I once wanted to sleep with or thought about sleeping with or that I felt a certain connection with may scare her enough to contact me. And that's a weird way of thinking about it. But sometimes I do things to create suffering for others or... I do things to allow them to suffer because maybe they're like they feel too safe about certain things. And if somebody feels too safe about my love, what does that mean? Well, basically, they can relax into the relationship, which also says that if I go to the cinema where I know there's a woman that I find attractive in a certain way, maybe in a physical, you know, I just want to have sex way. But I just keep the boundaries. And instead of sleeping with her or flirting with her, I just have a normal conversation. 
or maybe ignore her altogether, but just scare her a little with my presence. And then the woman that I truly love may feel fear that I may cheat on her, but may also then feel like solace, realizing that I never did it. And that's basically the same fear I have, that she would be willing to sleep with somebody else, right? To get away from that relationship that we have, which is, I believe, impossible. You know, just think of Romeo and Juliet. These relationships actually exist. And such relationships will create an ongoing amount of suffering in your life. And you will hate it. But you also see the possibility of where that kind of suffering can bring you if you love somebody so much that you're willing to sacrifice relationships with others for it or just having sex for pleasure, then you know, you know, it's true love. But you cannot force it onto somebody else. Right? If you try to like cuddle a dog for too long, the dog will reject you at a certain point. Simply because, you know, you're squeezing it too tightly. So you also have to know how to do your own suffering and to be okay on your own. And let's say, you know, I say I'm a family man, I want to do everything together with my family and my wife. But what if I feel that my wife is rejecting me? You know, I can go alone to the cinema when we're together and then create distance or I create closure by asking her to go to the cinema with me together and take the children or simply saying, right, we won't go to the cinema. We may watch a movie at home. Or we ask our grandparents to take care of the children so that we can go to the cinema. And that's what many couples are afraid to do. Which I understand because sometimes I see how my parents are engaging with my nephew. And sometimes it pisses me off, you know, how they go there, how to cuddle, you know, how they like tickle the nephew so the nephew laughs. And then I feel like they're sucking my nephew dry. But on the other hand, if my parents are getting pleasure from it, maybe that's what we're here for, right? To be sometimes squeezed a little. To give people what we have. And so if I go to the cinema, you know, I'm squeezing myself. Because I feel like the people I gave to recently have, you know, they're kind of saturated. Sometimes people spend time with me. And you have to understand how it is to be with a person that's like deeply connected to truth which I have been all my life I believe I may have never realized until I became conscious of it while I was paying attention to how I am actually in relation to others and what people say and what the true meaning is behind that and so I was able to realize I think I'm different and for some reason, when I spend time with people, they like really like me. And they like me to a degree that they start hating me. And not everybody is able to induce such strong emotions in people. You know, they may hate me because they realize they cannot control me. 
and they would like to control me because they are trying to love me. And then they try to control me by imposing fear on me or by being angry at me or maybe they're like trying to make me chase them. And then I show them through acts of love that there's no way of changing the way I am. Right, so if you're trying to give me bullshit, I'm going to argue against it probably. But if you're trying to, let's say, let's see, right, there's some people that try to manipulate me. You know, they keep away because they think, oh, he's going to come to me at one point. But I won't because I can't, because I have to stay here. And if I chase women across the globe, then how can I be like a sturdy man and hold up the energy of my own life so that a woman can join into it? Because I think that's what strong women want. They want a strong man that can do on his own and if I feel like today going to the cinema could help me to get back to bliss or to just make a new experience or to just induce some sort of change or right like excitement into my life then I know how to feel good and that means when I'm in a relationship and I feel like we're stuck I'm gonna say let's go to the cinema and she's gonna be like all right Right, that's what I want. I want a partner that says, let's do it, instead of, nah, you know, I want to stay home. And No, sometimes I want to go and have dinner somewhere else and dress nicely and just spread our love to other places because we can do that. And if I go alone, I can already manage. But now if I imagine going with my wife, it's like, you know, holy crap. Because then some, some, so, suddenly I'm a bit more neutral and a less a bit less a bit less like needy because i love women but i only want to be with one and so i go to places where i know there's also men and then i rather speak with the men and wait till i can sleep with my wife if you know what i mean but sometimes it's enough for women to just feel that i'm there because i give man stability and that gives stability to the women. And that's how I can feed everybody. And when I feel like, you know, I think I should go there because I think they need a friend. Then I wait until the pressure is so high, until I really feel like watching a movie. And then I'm like, why am I supposed to go there? And then I'm testing myself. Am I going to hit there to go to hit there on a woman? Or am I going for another reason altogether? You know, what's my true intention of doing what I'm doing? And the same, of course, goes for creating all this content. Why am I going to such great length to feed the internet with my presence? Right? To make a standing and to say, you know, here I am. You know, that's what I believe. These are my thoughts. These are my innermost feelings. And sure, you know, while I have the intention to create good content to help people, I'm also doing it for myself to alleviate my own suffering, right? So 
I give and I take, right? But at the moment, I'm actually just giving. I'm not taking much. I'm just giving, giving, giving. But why am I giving? Because I've been given a vision and I want to bring that vision about. So I have a, you know, I have a, an alternative motive, if you will. You know, I have the motive to help, but I also realize that I probably know better how to help than most people because I know how to help myself. And so I realize that most people are unable to help themselves because they don't even know what they want. But I know what I want, you know. I want to make good stuff, you know. I want to make good shit. You know, I want to make good content. You know, I want to annoy everybody enough so that they think, you know, maybe change is possible. Because if you're really annoying on the internet, you know, that's like being a fly or being a mosquito. It's like... And when you're on Instagram and I start, right, like, sending messages constantly and you start looking at them and you try to ignore them, but once in a while, you know, just something pops up and you're like, shit, I'm actually starting to like that guy. Because for some reason he just keeps going, you know, I've been trying to ignore him and I feel like everybody has, but he just keeps going and that's just fucking insane. You know, how can he do that? How is he able to create art on such a high level at such a high rate and keep doing it? And one reason is, of course, because I get nourishment from spending time with other people and making experiences of various sorts, whether that's like, you know, thinking, you know, we're going to have a fist fight. And today, for example, going to the cinema is also my way of drawing myself out of my apartment or the apartment that's been given to me or the room that I have been provided to do what I'm doing because my parents also felt that I was too much for my family home because now my brother has taken over. He has bought the house. Which means if there's like too many cocks, you know, an old cock and a young cock, you know, who both have their own wives, that's okay. But that 34-year-old guy that creates content at a great speed and with great strength and intensity and who talks like hours a day and dances rhythmically and stuff, you know, that presence of that man is just disturbing the whole field of other relationships. But to a certain degree, it was helpful. Because I was teaching my family how to be more true. How to stand on your own two feet. How to speak less. How to be good on your own. You know, I've been showing them I'm able to do it. You know, I can close my door for days and never talk to anybody. And I seem more happy than any of you. Right, And I still, like, I manage to do that, to seclude myself if I want to. And because they know that, they appreciate the fact that I come to them anyway. And I don't want to be too overly, like, you know, because they, of course, do the same thing and they help me to do it because, you know, they reject me. And because of their rejection, I'm able to show them how much I can love. So it's also a challenge, you know, how far are you willing to go? You know, if I'm like this, if I criticize your entire way of living, 
then you know are you still going to love me right and that's then the problem you know I'm trying to get to people you know I'm trying to get people to love me back and I'm doing that and while I'm doing it they're testing me how much do you really love me you know I want to see if you're true and then they do that and then I show them but I also say you know all right let's see how true you are then you know if you say you can be like this and then we meet and I show you how I am and you start rejecting me right what's that saying about yourself what's that saying about yourself that you are like this and I'm like that well I would say it's saying a great deal what is it saying it's saying we're all trying to be masters of love right and people appreciate the fact that with me they can train because I come into the room I'm entirely open I'm like you know try you know I've had a guy who I was said is a somebody who um, like a pimp's dog if you will you know somebody who's got money and then he borrows it to other people and then when they cannot you know he gives like a loan because the banks are quite picky and if somebody's really in a tight spot or is an addict and maybe he wants to have a car or something and then he goes and borrows money from someone fully aware that he probably will never be able to pay it back and then the money giver is you know realizing okay that money has to come now and then he's using somebody to pressure the person with force to give the money back which may be his right, you know, it's hard to say. But it was a dishonest bargain in the first place, right? It comes from a position of power. Where if somebody freely gives you money and says, you know, I see what you're doing and I'm telling you to keep doing so because I've looked at you and I think you're an honest person, you know, then that money comes from a place of love and not from a place of fear, hatred, you know, I want to dominate others. And I show them how powerful I am. You know, he could also just give the person money and say, do with it what you will. And that's the conversation I had. You know, I was sitting there and we were just talking about because everybody knows I'm doing YouTube, because I tell them, and they probably also hear it or see it. And because they also know I've written books, because I told them so, and I make art, sometimes they think I have money you know which I have I think I have money and I can see that I'm going to earn or I see that I'm going to earn more money a lot of money and then we were just talking about money and then he was like yeah you can give me money and I was like well why would I do that or what would you do with the money and he was like yeah I mean 
buy a house, have a couple of bitches. So he would just use the money for himself, which is, of course, what I sensed already. Because that's how most people are. You know, they have money, they only use it for themselves and they never plan on sharing it with others. And he was saying that's like selfish and that's like greed and that's going to make you into a really like unappreciable person. So if I would give you money, you would also start hating me because you know, you know, I'm the one giving you money. But you may also say, you know, thank you for giving me money. But then if I see that somebody would only use his money for himself, then... You know, I would say, you know, that's what I said to him, you know, that's why I would never give you money because there's no benefit to the community. I would just create another asshole, power hungry prick. You know, it's much better to work for your money. So if you want to have money and you like cannabis and you grow cannabis and you start selling local grown cannabis, then you would have done so yourself, right? And I could help you to do that. But not with money. The only people I would help with money are organizations that depend on donations. And that I feel are creating a great value for other people. Right? It's like they're doing a job that I cannot do. Or I have no time to do, but I have time to get the money. But then you could also say, should I invest money into people or should I trust that if they do honest work, they will have money and they will know what to do with it. And so what I have to do is know what to do with my own money, which is start something. And that's the Love Our Children Foundation. And that's basically investing also into homes and then filling them with life, right? Like taking probably old buildings, rejuvenating them bringing in fresh spirit and then allowing people to live there, it's probably best to have land with at least some kind of garden. You know, the best would probably be open space in the forest and then you teach people or you invite people to teach people agriculture. And when they know how to do that, they can start providing for themselves and then they can start producing products to sell them, for example, honey, and then they can make a living from that. And then, of course, artists, right? You will inspire people to make art and to sell that. You will inspire people to make clothes and sell that on Etsy. Because I realize, you know, I'm trying to do these things, but I cannot do it alone. Because if I do it alone, you know, I cannot do what I'm doing now, which is my purpose, right? It's like sharing and talking. And... That's what I'm good at. And so as long as I'm trying to be like other people, I can never be who I actually want to be. And sometimes I think the only thing that the smoking the weed does is enable me to trust enough because I think, now I've smoked, I can do it, right? You know, the smoking is giving me powers. I think it just relaxes me into my own abilities that are already there anyway. And that's a weird realization because when you realize, you know, you don't have to smoke. But that smoking sometimes helps you to work through your fear. Then you always know you certainly can smoke 
if you feel like it. And at the moment I have wheat, so I'm smoking, right? If I have rapé, I'm doing rapé. But for rapé, I need money. Or somebody that is willing to give it to me. Which stands to reason that sometimes it's maybe important to call a friend and ask him if he has time or if he wants to do something together. Which I may do now. Gesicht 
Und dann kommen wir in so Diskussionen rein. Und das ist echt nice, weil er halt auch merkt, er will verstehen. Er will sich besser ausdrücken können. Und mit mir kann, kann er das halt gut üben. Und äh, oh, mittlerweile, wir sind echt, haben gute Gespräche gehabt. Manchmal mit ein bisschen Spannung, aber die löst sich dann am Ende immer auf. Und dann spielen wir am Ende Frisbee oder so und das ist halt cool. Ja, und das kann ich mit dem echt gut machen. Ich hatte ja keine Zeit, da habe ich überlegt und dann dachte ich mir so, boah, geh einfach ins Kino. Guck ich so, Ariel, okay, mach ich. Ja, okay. And I pressured him because he, he's the one who gave me that space or who said, you know, can you open the room and keep it? And I was like, sure. But I also said to him, you know, please be aware that if you invite me into this thing, you know, I'm going to create pressure, right? Because I'm the driving force of creation, if you will. Because I'm a doer. I may be what you call that Kshatriya Arjuna from the Bhagavad Gita, right? He's the doer guy, he just wants to do things, but he also likes harmony. Which I sometimes feel like Ramda sees as something, you know, like weakness, you know, you have to do as you're told. Well, that's actually not the truth. The true teaching of the Bhagavad Gita is that sometimes people are trying to get you to do things And then you have like a being in the form of Krishna, because what's Krishna, right? And he's like telling you, you have to rage war, you just go and kill them all, you know, just fucking kill them. But Arjuna doesn't want to do it. And every time I hear Ramdas talk about it, he's like, yeah, you know, he should have just done it. Yeah, you know what that means? It's like, you just have to give in to the hate and slaughter them all. Because sometimes I felt like that. You know, sometimes I have friends and I start hating them so much. It's just like, I fucking hate you. You know, I never want to work with you again. Until I get to that place again where I realize, damn it, I think I love them. And that's basically where Arjuna is talking from the whole time. And then Ramda says, you know... He's trying to avoid fulfilling his purpose, but maybe his purpose is to resist and to say, these are my friends and family, I don't want to fight them. You know, however much you're trying to make this sound appealing to me, you know, I feel like I don't want to do it, and that's exactly what I have. So in that situation with that young guy from maybe Turkey or maybe Syria or whatever, Because we have a lot of refugees here who come from a different, completely different kind of environment. And you, you may have experienced war and great loss. Which is why, you know, Germans are very reluctant to accept them here. But because they're kind of selfish and I hate that and I want to change it and so I engage with people. 
of all ethnicities, of all kinds of backgrounds, you know, whether they live on the streets and drink, whether they're like Turkish or whatever, you know, to me they're kind of all equal, right? They're all potential friends. And so a movie can be a friend and a teaching. And so now I called him because we didn't go there sometimes and he's really trying to avoid me or avoid being there with me alone because I think he feels into pressure he feels pressured into being like really active and strong while at the moment he feels quite vulnerable and he may have not that kind of strength available yet and so I'm trying to get him to spend time with me and so I have to like courtship him a little which is weird but that's how it works even amongst men right if you have a friend Sometimes you need to pamper that friend a little. And that's why my friend in the park sometimes brings me coke. You know, because he appreciates our friendship. Right, and that's what it means, appreciation, you know, the balance between self-love and love for others. is basically... to learn how to make sure that you have enough, like how much do I need? And then to also see how much other people need and then to realize what your job is in this relationship, right? It's like, I'm keeping quite a distance to my sister at the moment because I realized that I think I can teach her to be strong better by just allowing her to live her own life without having the possibility to relate her problems to me so that she learns to understand it by herself and to be strong on herself but when we meet you know it's always good and that's a good kind of distance to have with your sister or to have with your brother or to have with your mother or father because you allow them to be strong on their own while focusing on your own life, but you also realize that you are here together and that spending time with each other is allowing everybody to love a bit more. And isn't that something worth doing? I don't know why, I just keep smoking.
that's also something it's better to smoke at home. Or in nature. I also haven't eaten in a while. I ate yesterday. I made these banana bread pancakes with chickpea flour and corn flour in probably equal amounts and then bicarbonate of soda and then just bananas that I mashed up, like lots of them. I made a whole pot full. And I baked them as pancakes and they give me a lot of energy, but they also feed my heart because I like kind of like slightly fried food and I like really like, I like doughy foods. And I also do like sweetness and sugar. And today I used um, oat milk, oat soy milk, which they sell as some kind of barista version because you can heat it up and create beverages with coffee without the clogging like without inducing clogging. And that's what I never liked about almond milk or just soy milk because it clogs or it flocks because the coffee is quite acidic and you get the foam and the milky substance from protein and the acidity is basically hardening or splitting because it's probably acid is an enzyme or something right which is why if you have too much acidity in your body it's basically tearing you apart so some people say they're in great pain and that is true because probably their whole body is aching because they're too acidic and so sometimes I spend time with people who are friends and I tell them how I eat and they act like it's stupid and they go at home and then they try it right you know that's the people I engage with I constantly give people my insights and my knowledge and they just say like yeah whatever and then they reject me but secretly they think he's right shit let's look at it you know let's read into it and then never say that they read into it but what they do is suddenly they have a new skill, right? Like I've played frisbee with people and they were shit. And the next time I play with them, they're like next level and like, what the heck? Have you been secretly training? And he's like, no. And I know, I think that's a yes. But the reason I realize it, you know, also gives them pleasure in a way. It's like, oh, wow, he's seen it. And what I realized the most was, you know, there's this young kid. He's, I think he turned 18 now. I think it says I keep smoking to be in bliss because when I sit, I normally start getting restless and I hate it. But if I smoke, I relax into the fact that I'm going to sit here and talk for a while.
maybe do some art afterwards, you know, I'm not quite sure. Because doing it at the same time is basically impossible because the space that my art thing where I draw on is, or paint on, is currently occupied by the microphone. And I think it's nicer to just focus at one thing at a time than to do everything together, which is why sometimes it's better to go to the cinema alone and meet people afterwards, because if you go to the cinema together, you're constantly inclined to speak. And that's very annoying, and that's keeping you away from the truth that's trying to reach you. Because people want your attention, and they basically hate silence, right? Because they think it's something, you know, they're insecure about it. Because if you don't talk, they feel like there's something wrong. And so sometimes I actually like going to the cinema on my own. And with that, I also show people, you know, I can do it, you know, who cares? And then sometimes I go to men and I tell them I watch Ariel. And they're like, what the fuck? You know, this guy has no shame, you know? It's like absolute freedom, you know? Go ahead and do it, man. But also would have no problem to go to the cinema together. You know, I quite enjoy also conversation during movies. I remember sometimes, you know, we went to... <laughs> yeah, you have to... Like, just picture it. We're in a very, you know, nice, like, expensive kind of cinema, you know, like, top-notch. Me and my family, we booked the back seats. And they were quite luxurious, like, you had, like, two meters of space in front of you or something, like a nice sofa chair. We were sitting there with uh, my parents, me, and I think with my sister or maybe my brother. And I have to think of what we watched. Oh yeah, I think it was James Bond or something. Or maybe... Uh, It may have been even Avatar, but I don't, I'm not quite sure. And I, I don't think so. I was a bit older then. Avatar was 2009, right? No, that was like James Bond or Mission Impossible. Some kind of action movie. I think so. And we were watching it and, you know, my family is like this. When my parents are watching a movie, they're constantly talking. They like laughing about stuff, criticizing it, and we were sitting there, and my father at one point like, or did something, or he said something, and we were all laughing, and I wonder how it felt for other people. My brother hates it, right? He feels a little bit ashamed, but I think he doesn't care anymore. My sister used to hate it as well, but I think she's really enjoying spending time with her fam with the family and that we can be together and just like laugh about movies you know and other people are thinking like damn it can he be quiet or they think man finally somebody who can just like loosen up and just make jokes in the open public yeah so in a way I'm also sad that I have to go to the movies alone and I think what I'm working towards is having people in my life that would enjoy going to the movie together with me or just having a wife 
you know, because that's like what I really want. So in a way, it's like also going to the cinema alone is basically sacrificing other people so I keep the space open for my wife. And that's why I also in that sense like doing things alone because it keeps me working towards being with my wife. And that's the challenge. And sure, sometimes I try to reach out and then it's being rejected and then I'm a bit pissed and then I masturbate and I smoke and then I just go to the cinema and I just say, you know, fuck it. You know, I've been rejected so many times. You know, I'm... I've gotten used to it, if you will. You know, I've been rejected online. I've been rejected whatever in line is. I've just been rejected by everybody, and I'm always being rejected, right? If I give a little bit too much, or if they feel like, you know, that guy actually likes me, they start toying with me, and they start pushing me around, just start avoiding me. And I don't quite get that. But, you know, I'm a hard one. So I just keep coming sometimes with some people. And I just remind them, you know, you brought me into this because you wanted to, me to push this to the next level. And I'm going to do that. So I'm going to call you. If you don't reach out to me, I'm going to call you. And I'm going to tell you that I need you there. Because I'm unable to do it on my own, right? It's like... If I do it on my own, you know, I'm going to get beat. Because it's basically your space. And all I can do is teach you to do it on your own so that I can do my own thing. Because I cannot be always there and hold the space for you, right? But I can teach you how to do it yourself. So if you keep avoiding this place and running away from it, you ain't going to grow. Because the only way that I grow is I go to places and I hold the space... And I just show myself that I can do it. And maybe that's the teaching, right? That if you are depending on other people, because he told me you can hold the space, you know, I have to be my family. And I'm constantly trying to avoid that because I got like, twice I went there and twice I was challenged afterwards through these incidents with like people like approaching me forcefully trying to get into me or something like the knife and shit if there was a knife maybe it was just a candy bar right it's really hard to say no to be honest what he was carrying didn't look like a knife could have been you know a rolled up piece of paper or a newspaper you know that's like romanticizing what happened I think it was a knife. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> but it's hard to say. Because it looked also so cute how he was walking, right? Like, you know, I'm super angry. And that's then the comedy. You know, people putting up an act while we're all actually just children. And we will always remain children because the spirit is a child. Your spirit is a child, but you're trying to, like, act like you're this really adult, tough guy, you know. But inside, you're always a child. And you will always be a child. And I can tickle that child a little. I think I could, could tickle a chief's child in the Amazon rainforest. 
If I only knew him enough, I could tickle his child. And he would love me for it. You know, I can tell you that because that's what sometimes people want, right? They're like, I'm the chief. And you have to be super like, you know, I'm the chief. And that's how I, a lot of people that I meet, they're like, you know, I'm the boss. You are, I'm super strong. I'm a tough guy, you know. Blah, 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 blah. And I can just tickle them a little and show them, are you really, man? I mean, I'm telling you that's your space and you have to hold it. But I can certainly push it through. Because otherwise, I'm just going to go to places and do other people's work. And that's not the way you can help someone. You can help them to do their own work, right? So I can help you to suffer, or I can help you with your suffering by showing you that I also have things to suffer about, but I just, you know, deal with them on my own. Or in a like more like playful way. That's how I engage with my suffering in a playful way. I feel shit. Wow, I feel really shit, man. You know, how is it possible that somebody feels so shit? You know, that's how I engage with it. It's like wonder, right? It's like, wow. You know, it's astonishing how I can feel so shit. And so, yeah, cheers to those who suffer. Because if you suffer and know how to cheer, well, you're the master, right? And that's why a lot of people who you would think, you know, that guy is never enlightened, he probably is. You know, if you like, if you suffer, but you go out on Friday nights and party, I mean, you know how to live, at least, you know, sometimes, you know. But if I constantly go partying and then I have the whole weekend a headache and a hangover, then I make questions... I may question the way I celebrate or what I identify with celebration. You know, I celebrate life by doing what I love and by spending time with myself and becoming my own best friend and transforming my own space that I have so that it becomes a place of love and a refuge for myself and possibly for my wife. You know... I think that's the goal that I have. So I also have like the need to spend time on my own simply because I want to transform this place into what I just described, an oasis basically in a landscape of fear, right? It's like this is the dry lands, my friend. You know, this is like the vastness of the desert and you're the oasis. And it's enough to just create the oasis without bringing people into it. But if I have an oasis, you know, of love, I can channel it in whatever way that pleases me by calling people, by making content. And then sometimes I leave my oasis and I spread what I have to other people. But then I go back to my oasis and I feel at peace and I feel at home and I feel in love. And that's what I feel or start to feel now, that however much I smoke or however much coffee I drink, I do keep loving. And I feel like I'm healing my teeth. Because a lot of teeth problems we have are actually emotional. Because if you're full of rage, it's going to dissolve your teeth. Because you're so acidic. Also, from your diet, and so sure, if I eat a lot of sugar, the way I've been doing it, I feel like 
my teeth are becoming very sensitive because I don't brush them. I leave them as they are, but I do floss and I do like clean the surface with bicarbonate of soda and I do like oil pulling where I also put in bicarbonate of so soda and treaty oil and turmeric and I take that into my mouth to heal my teeth and sometimes I chew on cloves but I also eat sugar and I like eating sugar but at a certain point I think it's also nice to switch to more salty foods which is why like also making banana pancakes helps me to at least reduce the amount of sugar that I eat. But it also gives me a certain form of pleasure to eat sweet fatty foods. Which is also, yeah sure I make my own jam. But I can also keep it for special occasions instead of just eating it all the time and stuffing myself with it. But if it makes my day right, it makes my day. Um, but I do feel also... That if I eat, like, if I'm craving a lot of doughy foods, a lot of sugar, that what I'm actually trying to do is digest these heavy emotions that I have. Emotions of hatred, for instance, from other people that flush into me or flood into me because I'm connected with them and because I'm open and I'm making sure that I stay open. And so I introduce sweetness into my life. Because there's no wife at the moment that can give me that sweetness. And so, so I have to look for the sweetness in other things. And so I help myself with cinnamon. But also with the spices that I ingest. Through the tea that I drink. Through coffee with like stevia malt sugar. And um, you know oat soy milk. Which is to me very luxurious. Because I haven't had it in a while. And now I have it. It's like nice creamy coffee once again. And so I create sometimes a bit of discomfort by denying myself certain pleasures such as watching movies. But then I get to that place where I realize I'm very vulnerable and, and I need contact, I need engagement, I need something else. It's because I'm craving movies and it's killing me. Then I go to the movies. And this is how I work with my desires, right? Sometimes you have weed, sometimes you have no weed. And then you stop smoking until the desire to smoke gets so big that you're just going to look for it. And then somebody gives you some and then you're going to smoke it, you know. Or you just go and buy some. And that brings me back to the HHC because if I buy stuff on the streets, I never know what it is, what they did with it. You know, if they stretched it with plastic or whatever else. Plus, I have to enter a circle of criminal activity. Because it is illegal and so it has to be smuggled. And that's then basically what you smoke. It's also the illegality. And that's why I like to create this herb mix. That I use tobacco, that I use sage, that I use... You could use oregano, I use mint at the moment, and then I mix it together and I web my love into it. And then when I smoke it, it's entirely different. That if you just take tobacco, the weed, and that's it. You know. Yeah, it's insane. So I do feel a difference when I smoke because smoking allows me to relax into it, and that's why. 
a part of me is really reluctant to have no weed. But I also realize that if I smoke, I get lazy. So I have a lot of spiritual insights and I'm emotionally very like sensitive. But it also makes it harder to run and to go hiking and to do these kind of things because I'm feeding my spirit, but my physical body is kind of like crumpling away. And that's why physical activity is very important. So sure, I can get pleasure from going to the cinema, but then afterwards I can go to the park and do something there. Which is of course a challenge, but still a possibility. And that's how I like to work with comforts and discomforts. So leaving the apartment at the moment is also discomfort because I'm a little bit uncertain about the outcome of that incident with the people you know, that were like trying to face me or hit me or something or hurt me. That's what it seems like, right? It may be something entirely different, but at the moment it's hard to see it because it's like somewhere else. Oh, shit. And that's why if there would be my wife here, which I feel like she already is, which is a good place to start from. But if she would be here, I wouldn't, you know, I could relax into it because I would realize, oh, wow, now it's like, it's finally real. So at the moment, I'm just working with basically a fantasy. You know, it's like a bit like a cloud. But I want to be, a, you know, I want it to be right in my face, you know, so I can touch it, I can smell it, I can taste it. That's what I want. And that's what I have to look out for. And I know who I want and what I want. And that means I go to the cinema alone. And I rather talk to men. Or I just keep to myself, but, you know, it's very hard for me. If I go to a place, I always talk to people and I have to think, also think, also think I want to keep it that way. And sometimes I'm not sure who to give or how much to give. But there's a friend that I have from the past and we keep meeting and I'm constantly wondering, you know, why don't you go and ask him if he wants to play table tennis, for instance. You know, what's there to lose, right? You may win a friend. But sometimes I'm reluctant to make new friends because I think my other friends will become jealous. Yeah, I think he's honest. You know, just give him a chance. Let's see. I think that's it. I enjoy doing this, but I also want to drink something. And I think I feel like making some art if I can manage. Maybe just finger art because I can sit then. Cheers, people. Right, it's like next week, whatever. You'll see.